0: In Williamsburg, Virginia, there's never too much of a good thing. Whether you're a foodie, a golfer, a history buff, a shopaholic, an outdoor enthusiast, or a thrill seeker, you'll find what you came for here and more. So ask yourself, what is it you want? Discover Williamsburg and plan your trip at visitwilliamsburg.com.
1: We did the first scene, which was great. We did the next scene, they were great. We move on to this very emotional scene, which may or may not make it into the pilot, which is part of this is like this big, beautiful emotional scene. It's possible that it actually got cut. So that's just part of it. But we move into this big emotional scene where the boys are leaving and I do it once she goes, great. Okay. So I can only imagine how angry she would be at them for leaving her. And I was like, Oh, interesting note. I go and do it again. She goes, she's never mean to her children. And I was like, angry not mean <laughs> like okay okay yeah I, I do it one more time and I knew that I didn't quite get it and so I we cut and I said that wasn't it was it she's like yeah no it wasn't quite it
2: Hello world and welcome back to another episode of Thanks for Coming In. I'm your host, Jillian Clare. If this is your first time tuning in, hello and welcome. This is the show where I speak to fellow actors about their journey in the industry and I make them share some bad audition stories with me. If you're not subscribed, make sure to hit that subscribe button right now. You can also go to our show notes and check out the links down there, all of our social medias down there. And if you want to see the full interview on tape, uh well on on video recording i guess not tape we don't use that anymore uh check out our patreon which is in the show notes just like last week uh this episode has been pre-recorded uh, a few weeks ago so this was i believe march 3rd when we had this conversation which was um very uh exciting because it was the day that daisy jones and the six came out and we're talking to lynn downey who is in daisy jones and the six Lynn plays Marlene, the mom of our favorite rocker boys, and we had such a great conversation about um creating space for yourself as an actor, really learning how to balance, you know, your your life and your art, and it was a really great emotional and like full conversation. So, I hope that every actor who's listening to this or any any artist or anybody um, who's in a creative-ish field has a benefit from this episode because I certainly did when we were talking. So here's my conversation with Lynn Downey. And welcome to the show,
1: Lynn. Hello, Jillian. How are you?
2: I'm so good. I'm so excited to talk to you today. How are you doing?
1: Oh, I'm doing amazing. Um, today is March 3rd, which means that Daisy Jones and the Six is dropping on Amazon today. i mean literally it's like the day of the show y'all um and it's been a a three-year journey just for me in this process and so the fact that they were building this show and building this story for like i think at least two years even before they got to casting um and of course taylor jenkins reads amazing book was the years before so it's it's years in the making it's pretty thing.
2: Yeah, that's amazing. I mean, usually I like to start with going back, but since we're here, let's talk about <laughs> Daisy Jones and the Six for a second. I remember sure. getting that book in my, I used to be in the book of the month club. I don't know if you've seen yeah. that like book service. Yeah. And one of the books I was sent was Daisy Jones and the Six. And um, so when they announced the series, I was like, well, yeah, that, that makes Obviously. total sense. Like this literally felt like a TV show. Right. And you joined the cl- uh, the cast as Marlene. What was yeah. it like to work on something so world building?
1: Oh, well, I have to say the the just getting an audition that had such a, a a richness to it, um, to begin with. Like, I think it's the first thing I I, I took a book and adapted it into a play, um, in mm. two thousand fourteen, and so that was a book before it became something that I got to work on. But this was the first like official, you know, um, thing <laughs> that had been a book before. And yeah. so it was so special to be like, I'm going to read this. Where's my character? And then, oh my gosh, there's that character, right? I don't think I actually got the book until I had booked the role, but just knowing Probably that it smart. came. Probably <laughs> smart. Yeah, we want to not attach too, too quickly. And also the fast turnaround, right? Like yeah. with auditions, you just never know what's the one that's going to be the one. And um, I got the audition and I just felt that the script was so rich. That's something I've always thought is um, Scott Newstadler and- michael h weber the way that they translated taylor jenkins reed's work into uh actable choices like there was there was this one line in the action um around the scene where the boys are leaving so i play marlene the mom of the guys that start the band the six yeah and um the scene that they like go off to hollywood they wrote this line in a dialogue of uh in part of the dialogue they it said god they love this woman god they love this moment about their mom and I was like I know who she is like it was like that one little it gives me chills just to think about it but that one little piece you could just tell the care that went into it um mm. so it's been so it's been so special to be a part of this and like um I auditioned February 2020 wow right before the world shut down exactly exactly and i'd love to talk about the details of of that audition process because it was so special but you know um a, a piece of my story is i was at paramount lot being fitted the day before shutdown no yeah for for whatever reason um uh denise wingate who is the incredible costume designer talk about world building she's incredible yeah um she chose to bring me in um first because I would had been cast and they was I was ready to go and so we spent this like very odd very bonding moment like do you think they would, like shut down Paramount? I don't, I don't <laughs> think they would do that like <laughs> and so we you know we did my fitting and took all these pictures and that was you know March 2020 and then it wasn't until September 2021 that I was back getting refitted and they were they were like ah! it's like we had this bonding moment like Oh my gosh, that was the day before shutdown, so it was really crazy. Oh
2: my lord, that is wild. Yeah, but isn't it funny to think about it? Back then, it was it was one of those things. I I know I was on a production at the time too, and we were all like, "Well, but we'll be back in two weeks. It's fine. Right. Like, it's not going to take right. long." And then it was just like, "No, you're not going right. back to work for a long time. Yep. Buckle up."
1: And I, I have to say, like, one of the pieces that was really special with um, just, I think, the way that I was able to process this, like, I can totally see a couple years ago myself being so devastated, like, oh, my gosh, like, my, my first recurring role, like, this mm. big, beautiful story, like, oh, no, we're putting it on pause. But really, what happened for me was I was like, oh, good, I have a job waiting for me. Yeah, and holding that thought was so special because very rarely in our acting careers do we're like we're like oh yeah no, no no I have a job coming up you know, um <laughs> we hope for that more and more, um but that's really what kind of it got me through quarantine in such a beautiful way of like Mm-mm. nope plenty of time to just sink into this character and like now you're like coming? hey
2: I can do more research now I can I spend did more
1: time I oh. did I really did um I decided to part of my like. Part of the thing that's really helpful for me is the the getting into the character's backstory and Mm -hmm. like journaling. It's it's really writing that's always been like my main hook. Is like who are they, where they come from, and um, with this role, I was inspired to like write a letter to my sons the way that Marlene would like write a letter to them as they were going as part of like who is she, what's their you know experience, and uh, honestly, Jillian, I did a very big bold thing, which is. I just decided that I was going to give those letters to Sam Clayton and, um, and Will Harrison who play my sons. So.
2: And what what was their reaction? <laughs> what did they do?
1: And I knew it was kind of like, it could be very, it could be perceived in any way. Like maybe it's a little extra, maybe it's whatever, but the truth is it came from my heart. And yeah. the cool part was I actually ended up getting to be on set the very first day of filming because primarily oh. Marlene is in the pilot. And so everyone was like, oh my gosh, we're doing this. We're back. It's been so long. The coolest thing for the guys that are in the band is that they then had a year and a half to play their instruments and to become a real band. So cool. Yeah. Talk about um, Blessing in Disguise, right? So everyone is so excited to be there. It's so real now. (laughs) Yeah. It's so real. They they play all their instruments, they sing all the roles. They they just released the album Aurora yesterday. Like there's so much um interconnection but you know it was one of those things where I I, I had like I had written these notes and I was like I'm gonna, I'm gonna, I just met these guys like how am I gonna do this and I just sat with it and I was like you know what it's been a year and a half and why not do it.
2: right yes
1: <laughs> and um and it speaks so much to who they are as artists that they were just like willing to receive but I was like okay boys like your mom wrote you a note and they were like are you, are you, are you serious? And I was like, look, why do we do this? If not to make believe, right? Like, hmm. why do we do this? If not to just put our whole heart and soul into it. And I, you know, I didn't hear back from if they like read it, but like it was a huge part of how I needed to build for myself, how these boys matter to her. Mm-hmm. And Marlene was really like the loving mom. Like these, they they had nothing. They were so hmm. poor. They just scraped together, but they had love Whereas Daisy Jones came from affluence and status, but her parents were awful to her. And so it's really this story around um, uh, that love is the richness, you know? Yeah,
2: it's like the sociology of the characters really plays into the entirety of the story. Yeah,
1: yeah. So there's a chance that my really beautiful goodbye scene maybe is shorter than it was. You know, there's a chance that it- might not have made it into the cut. We'll see. I have yet to see it. Um, however, there's a scene where I send them on their way. And that was part of the audition that I did. Yeah. Um, and it was just this beautiful time to just really send them out with love. And to, and and um, she says, um, uh, someday you are going to buy me a house. Oh. And, and then we flash forward to episode nine, where I got to film in May of 2022 wow in in new orleans like all this craziness you know that time and they've bought her a house and oh. they have a party at this house right so it's this beautiful arch of like the love that she had and the belief that she had in them created their you know their gift back to her so mm. it's just it's it's a really beautiful story and it's not just a small part of their you know the big journey of the band but um, so special to get to be a part of
2: I am so excited to binge it. I really can't wait. It's been, I mean, everybody's been talking about how it's going to be one of the bigger shows of the year and I'm so excited to see it. Um, Yeah. But now that we've talked about that, let's let's go all the way back to the very beginning (laughs) of your career and ask you, why did you want to become an actor?
1: That's such a sweet, special question. I think everyone's answer is so nuanced. You know, there's going to be Um, themes that are the same for a lot of different people. But um, one of the things that I said early on was, I don't believe in reincarnation and one life is not good enough.
2: (laughs) And I am quoting that for the rest of my life. Yes.
1: (laughs) Now maybe I do believe in reincarnation. I don't know. But at the time, you know, it was like, I really, but just the human experience is so fascinating to me. And um, especially coming from kind of a conservative background, a small town in Indiana, like I wanted to feel all the big feelings. I wanted to mm. experience all the different kinds of relationships that people had and doing it in a story is such a safe way. Like. Maybe you don't want to be a heroin addict, but maybe you want to feel like what that would feel like, right?
2: right. <laughs> you know, it's like, I don't actually want to go to school to be a doctor, but I would love <laughs> to play one.
1: Yes, exactly. Like I want to feel the feelings and experience that the fullness of human uh, life, you know, and um, mm. so that's really what got me started. And also I just really loved pretty dresses. So it's like, Oh, where can I have more pretty dresses? Perfect combo there. <laughs> yeah. That's the combo. Yeah. What
2: was your, um, what was your journey into finding your first like steps in the pool of acting? How did you,
1: how did you well, wade through I... it? I think my, my best friend growing up was very dramatic as I was also, but um, <laughs> you know, we did uh, after school pro. I mean, I think we were five, four or five. And we did a little like play where we were mermaids and our moms, did the costumes and, you know, we got Aww. into one pair of women's hose and we're like hopping around the stage. So I had done a lot of, you know, little plays as just um, extracurricular activities as the younger person. And um, yeah. my, my, my theater, um, um, department in my high school was actually really excellent. Mm. Of the people that were in my cohort, um, Nick Mills is an actor in New York, who was an understudy for the humans, which won wow. the Tony, Ellen Adair is a, one of my dearest best friends. She was um, on the second season of *The Sinner. She's been on Billions. She did a home She's working a really incredible, she's going to pop in like two seconds. And so, you know, there was just, um, our teacher was wonderful and really took it seriously and so mm-hmm. I um, did west Side story my freshman year you know auditioned for that and we called my mom like I got it and, you know and there was just so much joy that came into my life through through acting and through a theater um,
0: mm-hmm. and so
1: all four years I did shows and um you know, Fred Stanislavski like oh, just really got into it, and uh, we did the Crucible my senior year, and um, we had I mean, a room.
2: classic. I feel like Come if on. you're a, a theater girl and you haven't done the Crucible, then you haven't done theater,
1: right? And and <laughs> and um, the the teacher we had was an actress. She was also a director, but she was an actress, and so she approached it really from that mm. perspective. And it, I was like, I could do this show every day for thirty years, like I was Elizabeth yeah. Proctor. It was like there's just so much there, you know? Yeah. Um, and that was when I realized like wait you could do theater in college right so um, I ended up going to Ball State University I did four years of theater there I think I did 10 shows I understudied I did costumes like it was just I I loved it I loved that experience of just Hmm. getting to do this thing um, and trying to get better every time and uh, from there I realized like okay this the life in the theater is like uh, every night, <laughs> waiting in the oh, wings, and yeah. I did a, I did a film class, and I, I had such an incredibly visceral experience doing something and then watching it back. It's like mm. it logged in my brain of like I did that, um, and that's really where the idea of moving to Los Angeles came for for me. And I made that decision my senior year in college to move to LA. You know, kind of wow. got my stuff ready for nine months, and I moved in January two thousand five, and have been here ever. Since.
2: Wow. So you really just like went for it. Did you have any connections yeah. out here? Were you did you have family, anybody that you could G- lean on when you got here? Great
1: question. And thankfully I actually had a little bit. Yeah. So Good. um my I had an Uncle and his family, and an aunt and her family that were Perfect. nearby. And so I lived with them for like a month. And, you know, it's like people that I could call it was a real blessing that I had them. But I had a few people from college that had also moved out. So we were like this little bit of a community. Um, mm-hmm. And then I had gotten an internship through my college. Um, to work for Dino De Laurentiis Company on Universal Studios lot, and mm. I think I made you know four hundred dollars a week, which was like <laughs> so much money. Like I had never made that kind of money before, right? Um, <laughs> excuse me, but yeah. So uh, I, I my plan had been like, oh, I'm just gonna like you know transfer my Starbucks or get a waitressing job or something, but I have <laughs> to have this year where every day I would drive um and onto the studio a lot and like see it happening right mm. before my, my very eyes and um it was such a it was both incredible and amazing and also kind of overwhelming. Um one of my friends that worked for John Wells on Warner Brothers lot, we had this moment we were like walking around the studios together and he was like we've never been closer and we've never been more far away. <laughs> it's like yeah. we could see how much of a journey we still had ahead of us.
2: Yeah. Yeah. That's and, you know, one of the things that um, I find so interesting, because I've been in this business since I was a kid, I never had that real experience as an adult kind of yeah, wondering, starting. Like, how I how I break into The inner circle and and not that I'm in the inner circle by any means, but you know, I go on auditions, I do the work, I do the things. It's very common experience. Yeah. Right. But there is a wall for people when they first get here that they have to break through. And I'm wondering how how you process it processed it not only in like the the way that you need to process it as a business, but how you took care of yourself.
1: Oh my gosh. Oh, that's such a beautiful question because you're absolutely right. Like I think when I came, it was very much just like shotgun. My mm-hmm. approach was like shotgun experience. My joke around the business is like, um, people are always like, acting is a business. It's a business, and we're like, yeah, 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 it's a business. It's a business. What's a business? Like, what yeah. is? <laughs> like, we don't even know what that means, right? And so I think, um, you know, it was like the slow building and just trying everything. I, I mean, I tried everything and felt like nothing worked for ten years, <laughs> you know, mm-hmm. or worked, right? Um. But that sense of like, okay, maybe I should take a class. I tried this class. Um, Maybe I should do improv. I'll do improv. I'll um, do a play. I will like do this student film. Never get the footage back, right? Just (laughs) the exhaustion of sort of like running around and trying to do everything and um, how it takes time to you know try and get an agent then you get an agent then they're not the right agent then you need to get another agent like then you okay. you know my first year here I dyed my hair red and it was like oh I'm the redhead now and um or like oh that that works that doesn't work or I'm the goofy girl I'm not the goofy girl and I think I had a, a very much an essence that's similar to my essence now where it was like kind of midwestern mom and her like middle-aged midwestern mom and here I am 23 like hi I'm a midwestern mom so um But to come back to your question, I think it's so smart for you to say like, yes, there's the outside piece of, you know, it took me till 2013 to get an agent that sent me out enough that I started booking Mm -hmm. like non-union commercials. So it was like eight years, right? Yeah. And I had done things, but like, didn't feel like the thing that I knew I thought I was capable of doing. Um, Mm -hmm. And we're having a day job and trying to make money and you know, navigating relationships and all these things, but, um, there's the outside piece of like building slowly. And and part of it is really for me looking back and being like, everything mattered. Yeah. All of those pieces that feel like I'm failing, or I don't, I did I didn't, this wasn't, this didn't become the thing I thought it was going to become. Like mm-hmm. I did this play that was so waiting for Guffman. They were like, oh, Pasadena Playhouse is going to come and do it. Like, we're going to, it's going to go there. And we're like, yeah, like, you, didn't, you, didn't. You're like, yeah. you know it's like this is going to be the thing or this is going to be the thing and instead really recognizing like it's my life it really does matter mm. um so there's that outside piece of what am I building and letting it all count yeah but you're so right it's like how did I the the, the going back and and like taking care of myself piece that has been that has been the thing that has gotten me to have the outside bigger wins that are like mm. recognizable on my, on my resume. Um, and really it, there was a breakdown where I had, like I mentioned, I did that play. I wrote that play for myself and my, you know, my community, I started, I booked some non-youth commercials. I booked my first big um, Geico, my SAG commercial. Like I had mm-hmm. a, a Geico campaign that was really fun and aired and people saw it. It was the first thing that people like saw. Right. Um, and I got a manager. I joined SAG. I got a savings account. I got insurance. Like it was like, it's starting. It's happening. <laughs> and then like nothing happened. And it was so <laughs> devastating. Um, and really I was heartbroken. Yeah. I was just heartbroken. Right. Like that's a 10, 11 years of this is this thing that I, I thought I was good at. I, I want to, you know, like where is the outside mirroring back to me? Mm-hmm. Um, and through that is where I found the most healing, which is twelve-step programs and uh, um, life coaching, and really doing the mindset work to slow down, to forgive myself for the expectations that I had. You know, one of the things I yeah. said was I couldn't, um, I couldn't see all that I had accomplished in the shadow of all that I hadn't. It was like, oh.
2: Yeah, that's, I mean, there's, there's a quote right there because it's, Mm. it's so difficult to see how far you've come in this industry. If you're not, if your name isn't like splashed across the pages, right? Because you think, oh my God, I'm not where she was at this time in her life. So therefore I have not made it yet. And it's like, no, you've made all of these strides. And I think for women, it's especially hard because of age. And the old, every year that you get older, you think, oh, well, it's never going to happen for me now. I'm no longer the ingenue. I'm no longer this. I'm no longer that. Yeah. And so we have to deal with this inner acceptance of one, actually aging because we are sure. human. And two, realizing that everybody's on their own timeline yeah. and what my success is looks so much different than somebody else's.
1: Yeah, absolutely. Absolutely. And it's, we are in such a privileged position to use our career and our art as a means of doing this inner healing work. Mm. Yeah. You know, it's like true. maybe a dentist isn't going to be able to like pull in <laughs> the loving for himself and like the self-forgiveness, like just because he's, um, you know, in a different field, but um, <laughs> this really is what inspired me because I received such um, incredible, like, if I love me, if I commit to being on my side, no mm-hmm. matter what, what could I create from there? Um, yeah. And really reaching out and receiving that kind of support and choosing into mindset work of like, these are all thoughts that I'm having and they're creating my feelings, my actions, and my results. Um, yeah. It was from receiving that that I actually, in 2020, right around when shutdown happened, I began offering this kind of coaching service to my community. Um, and so I started work of art coaching in 2020. And that has been such an incredible opportunity to really say to people like you are the work of art. Mm. What you are creating is valid and important. Yes, but it's this outside piece, but what's the inner experience that you're having being you? Yeah. Um, how we relate to anything is how we relate to everything. And so, um, it was right around this period, right? Like it was 2015, 2016. That was like, everything is breaking. Everything is falling down. Like, I want, I just want to, you know, I think it was 2016. that was when I booked my first co-star after yeah. 11 years of work here. Right. Wow. And that 2016, 17, 18, that's where this inner work, um, of taking care of myself, of forgiving myself for the expectations, of um recognizing like wow all of these are judgments these are thoughts that i'm having and i am in charge of my thoughts and doing this this thought work it was in 2019 that i was like okay i'm going to create an like a goal for the year and that's great reps and 2020 i was like i've never booked a co-star i'm booking five of them and the yeah. way that i'm going to do it is through is this right? yeah and so that's where um and again, part of this, um, that there's wisdom in all different places. I, I got some, um, more consulting help in 2018, uh, for Audrey Moore, who Audrey helps actors it was a wonderful podcast, a wonderful mm-hmm. person. Yes. And, um, you know, she was like, I was trying to be maybe a little bit more glamorous. I was like, I blonde, you know, more blonde hair. And I wanted to go up and be upskinned, like I'm beautiful and glamorous. And she was like, Lynn, like go down. <laughs> yeah. She was like, and it was like, I was a reckoning for myself. I was like, look, I'm from Indiana. like, I'm not from a working, working class family, like a blue collar family, but like we're, we're, we're poor, right? And so I had to like learn to love those tender kind of insecure pieces of myself to be like, well, what happens if I do niche myself as like single working class mom? Like mm-hmm. my face goes down, like <laughs> stopped highlighting my hair. It was like, um, take some really sad headshots. And that was 2019 of like building this, okay, this is not what I ho- wished the kind of parts that I would play, but they're still really interesting roles and they feel really right. And in 2020, uh, well, right in 2019, I got pinned for my first guest star, which was single working class mom, 2020, book my first guest star, single working class mom. I auditioned for uh, Daisy Jones, single working class mom, right? Like right around the same time as when I auditioned for impeachment and it was like middle management, you know right uh, secretary woman like it's not single working class mom but it's like the professional version it's of that over like, there. right yeah it's still right? like niche right and my um my makeup artist for the headshot shoot that we did literally texted me when she saw um the rookie she was like we did <laughs> like, <laughs> and in the wardrobe fitting uh it was like yeah, everything we tried on we'd be like oh that's really sad oh that's even more sad like the sadder Let's the better this. yes <laughs> yeah
2: We're gonna take a quick commercial break and then we'll be right back.
0: Are you ready to shop? Rakuten's Big Give Week is back. And how he rose from nothing to become New York's King of the Egg Cream. So if you like funny, true stories, come listen to King of the Egg Cream, available wherever you get your podcasts.
2: And back to the show. I mean, this brings up like a really, really interesting point and something that we've been talking about a lot on the show lately is how you bring yourself into your work. And then also just embracing yourself to be in that work. Right. And, and not saying, like you said, oh, I have these expectations of being this glamorous, you know, what Jennifer Lawrence, it's like, no, be you because you is what's going to sell.
1: And there's work there, right? Like, right.
2: There's always something for you and it's out there as long as mm-hmm. you do the work to embrace who you are. Oh, that's
1: so good. But, but There is work out there and then there's work in here. Right. Yeah. You know? Yeah. Um, just it, it, it's also it's interesting how it's sort of when we slow down mm-hmm. to allow ourselves to be who we are with our frailty, with our fault like being willing to be seen in that vulnerable way like mm-hmm. I'll say one of my biggest things and one of the reasons I think it took me so long to really start working is the translation between theater to film.
2: Mm-hmm. yeah it's there's a big difference there. It's and a huge difference.
1: Do. And it feels so different. Like when we're really doing excellent camera work, it almost feels like we're not doing anything. Right. And like, if you come from theater, you're like, no, no, no I'm supposed to be doing something. Um, you like, really well, let me speak more loudly, please. <laughs> totally. I mean, it just doesn't even feel right. And so um, it took so much courage to start self-taping and start practicing self-taping, even when I didn't mm. have an audition to like put up the lights, put up the camera. And for me, it was about making that self-tape space sacred, like capital F sacred and letting all those like (sighs) feelings come up. Like I love the uh, Ira Glass quote where he talks about like, we get into this because we have excellent taste. Mm. But when we start working, like our technique is not as good as our taste. Like we have the talent and the potential. Yeah. But like what we're doing is going to be disappointing to us. But the only way to get to like our taste level is to be willing to do this bad work over and over. Um, And there were absolutely times when I was like, oh, no, no, no. I'm way better than what I did, but I'm not going to do what I I'm not going to do it to get better. (laughs) at it. Right. I was just avoiding um, seeing myself back. But once like for young actors, like one of the biggest things I would say is like pull sides, get a background. Get your camera, even if it's your phone, um, start taping things. Mm-hmm. And even to this day, one of my biggest tools is like I'll do a rough draft of my audition, like no makeup, no hair, nothing. Like I'll read the other lines and then do my lines. You know, just getting myself on tape and watching it back, it helps me learn the scene. It helps me see what's working and what's not working because so often mm-hmm. we feel like, oh, that worked, and then we watch it back and we're like And you're like, Oh, that did not work. Didn't. Never mind. It didn't, yeah. Yeah,
2: I um, I have a casting director recently, not recently, a couple of years ago now, but it feels recently because we've been in these. Because what is time? Yeah, these pandemic years have completely messed with my head. Um, Yeah. (laughs) But they told me to when I have an audition that I have to self tape, set a time for it to self tape like I was going into an audition and to then put that not necessarily pressure but that excitement on it, so, it. That you're, so that you're like energy levels are up because they said, you know, with self-tapes, what's been interesting for them is to see how energy levels have gone down. Mm. And it's true because it's like if you're just in your room filming your audition, it's like there's nothing too exciting about it, right? But if you put a time on it and you say, I only have 30 minutes to do this and I need to do it and I need to be prepared and I need yeah. to be ready – Yes. It's like you've brought this excitement back into it where you have these, you know, again, not pressure, but this this willingness good to pressure. say, yeah, good here's pressure. the good things that I need to do now.
1: Yeah, yeah. I think that's really great advice. Um, Jack Plotnick has a free free book online called New, uh, I think New Thoughts for Actors. Mm. But he talks about that excitement. The nervousness and excitement are the same exact charge in us. Yeah. And he's like, you need that. Like, he talks about it that excitement or that nervousness is like plugging into your power source. Mm-hmm. Right. And so, taking it seriously, I, I think it's both things. Like, um, I do love the idea of like, don't, I think we're the meanest casting directors in town to ourselves. Yes, 100%. Like, I would say things to myself that I would never say to another human. And I know no casting yeah. director would ever say, let alone think, right. And right. so first off, it's a matter of like working, making sure your inner critic is, is working for you. Right. Like, um, that's something I work with my clients a lot of like, there's this voice inside that is being mean because it loves you so much. Yes. <laughs> like, how do we translate it because that way? You
2: want it to, you want to succeed so much.
1: Right. Right. And so it's part, but also taking that down and being like, um, something that I love the idea of like doing it for a, a time frame. Oh, I know what I was going to say. Some actors are like, I only give myself three takes. Like, sure, but I give myself as much rough draft mm. as I want, and then go ahead and give yourself this retakes right. so that you're not just like, I don't know, I'm hoping I'm finding it. I hope it's there. Um, and right. it's still um,
2: putting in like all of the work for the preparation, everything that you would normally yeah. do before you go
1: into an audition room. Yes, yes. Something I'll do sometimes, a couple things. One is I'll sit outside my bedroom in like a chair. I don't do this Oh, the like time, you're but, in like, a waiting room? and like game changing i can have I, i'll either walk in my own or i'll have my reader be like lynn and i'll walk in that is incredibly it's helpful that is incredibly helpful when you get to that place where you're like trying to do it right and you're like take six take seven take seven break the energy move out of your space kind of do a little shimmy shake. And then imagine yourself walking in because that's that charge. Like, here we go. Because we're performers. We're ready to perform. That's one thing. The other thing that is so helpful is sometimes I really like the idea that like you did book the job. You booked it today. Yep. Like you have this audition. It's yours. Go do with it as you will. So something that could be helpful in your just before, like, you know, you roll camera or whatever is really imagining yourself on set. And being like, okay, the lighting people are moving around. I'm like chatting over here, like I have my moment, like, okay, where's my camera? Like, and then being like, all right, and settle. And rolling and action. And then step into the audition, right? Because it just again, it charges you up. How do you create a space that is safe yeah. and fun and and on without being on?
2: It's so my acting teacher when I was a kid taught me that. Mm. She always told me to go into it like I already had it so that i would get rid of anything that was like within me that made me self doubt and yeah. it worked it always worked every time i would step in i'd be like well it doesn't matter because i already booked it yeah. it doesn't matter if i do book it at the end of the day it's the fact exactly. that i was there and i was present and i didn't have some sort of weird fear attached to it yeah
1: that's something i work with my clients so much is like really deconstructing like well what is the booking what does it mean mm-hmm. and what are we thinking we're going to feel when we get that booking and what are we mm-hmm. going to be thinking about ourselves? Right. And like how do we give that to ourselves even in the process and even the journey? Mm-hmm. Because so often when we do that first, the booking comes. Yeah. In a much more aligned way. And we're not like making it into this idol of like, then I'll be a real actor.
2: Yeah, then I'll be able to do this thing that I've always wanted to do, or then I'll be able to go on a vacation, whatever it is. Right.
1: Do it now. Um, do it now.
2: I could spend hours talking about this stuff with you. Wow. Yeah. Well said. Uh, But on the show, we like to share audition stories. Oh, good. Um, so those can be, wow. That's my very loud husky in the background, making a lot of noise. Um, <laughs> Uh, they can be, you know, the one that got away, something funny that happened in a room, uh, anything that you would like to share with the listeners. You know, honestly,
1: what's coming forward is I really think that I would love to share my Daisy Jones story. This is a win. Like, well, I'll do the losses, which is, um, I believed in pratfalls early on in my career and, um, multiple times I would actually do the pratfall in the audition, um, (laughs) One time I literally hurt my wrist. So it's still to this day not the same wrist that I had before because I landed so no. wrong. And then the other one was one of my very first TV auditions I had to do a prep, or I thought, this is gonna be great. I'm gonna do this this fall. And I was in somebody's office. She literally in the middle of my audition, I fall down, she's <gasps> I spent the rest of my the casting director spent the rest of my audition like Okay, thank you for coming in. Never have auditioned for her ever again. <laughs> oh my gosh. So maybe don't actually fall down. You know, the liability, she was just like her insurance yeah. policy just went out. Yeah, for her, her, so. You blew her brain. <laughs> I Don't do it. Don't fall down. Don't hurt yourself. Don't hurt your relationship with the casting pro. Um, but I, I would really like to share the Daisy Jones experience yes, just because please. it was so special. Um, a couple things that really supported me in this. Um, when I got the audition, there's sometimes this... Um, Temptation to be like, okay, cool. It's not due till Friday. I'm just, uh, I'm a little nervous about it. I'm gonna like put it off. That one came in, and I was like, I am doing this today. Mm-hmm. I want to be the tape to beat. Mm-hmm. I, like, knew in my mind, I was like, this is my wheelhouse. I had been really holding this thought. I'm booking five guest stars this year. I don't know how. I don't know where. I don't know when. I don't know how. Um, but it was like, no, this is my time. Right. Like, I was holding myself and thinking the thoughts like, no. I deserve to be here, right? This is my calling. I'm here, like holding Mm -hmm. that, and getting this audition that was like single working class mom period. All these things, I was like, I'm doing this today. I'm doing this now. Um, there were a couple scenes where I didn't have to interact with anyone else, and so I it was such a blessing. And I would almost encourage people to like imagine what that scene might be because it just grounded me because I didn't have a reader in the room. It was just me and my camera, and I had been spending a few years like allowing the camera to see me getting comfortable with that that little guy looking at you right and so I just really played crafting these moments as if it was my little film that I was making Mm. um and then you know uh, I had called my dad that day because there was um something about Vietnam and I was like tell me what was that like like the draft right like I I listened to some music from the era right I was just trying to sink into the reality of it and so I felt so good about my tapes, and I actually just found them on my actors access and watched them back. And I was like, hmm. "Good job, uh, bro. I like those post
2: tapes. I'm going to
1: once once the thing, Eros, once the Yay! Um, but really, crafting the costume without being too much, the hair without being too much, like making it make sense to me. And so I did that and sent that in. I got called back. They wanted new scene. They wanted more scenes. They, mm. So they invited me to film two new scenes, which was a huge win. If that's as far as it had gone, it would have been a huge win. So I did the same process with that, just sort of like really made it my own. I could tell that a little time had changed. So I like did my hair a little bit different. Um, mm-hmm. It was a little bit more upscale than it had been. Then I got the call that they want me to come in audition for producers on paramount live mm. and this was my this was my first like real studio you know yeah like, this is the time and so really taking care of myself i got there very early i ended up walking around there was like a lucy i think it was lucy bungalow so there's like a little courtyard I did a grounding for myself it was like you know i love me one of my mantras is i am committed to loving myself through my gr- journey of growth healing and transformation mm. Like I'm gonna love me no matter what happens, no matter what the result is. And um, I remember I, I you know, like really also holding like I'm a collaborator. We're equals. Which is yes. here. Yeah, it's that here, it's right? all in
2: your head. You have to make that decision of saying, I they need me as much as yes. I need them.
1: Yes, absolutely. And so um, you know, I come into this large space and come, come, come coming from theater, we so rarely have this opportunity to be like, in a larger space or performing in front of people, but there was like a table of people back there. And then the casting directors. And um, you could just tell that the casting directors were like, there's something that happens, like moving from non-union commercials to union commercials, to TV, like <laughs> commercial casting and TV casting directors are very different. They have different pressures, yes. but there was so yes. like a welcome Lynn. I was like, hi, <laughs> okay. You know, they were so warm and inviting. And so we come in, at the time, Nikki Caro was the director and she did the Disney Mulan and um, because of quarantine and, and she didn't end up um, directing James Ponsoldt, and Nzinga Stewart mm. took over. And so I was, but I was auditioning for Nikki and she was giving direction. So we did the audition scenes that I had. Um, I made sure that I brought my paper, but I put it off to the side because I was like, I knew I was ready and I wanted to just share like, this is important. I'm ready, yeah. right? So just taking it, having it and being like, nope, down. Um, we did the first scene, she's great. We did the next scene, they're like, great. We move on to this very emotional scene, which may or may not make it into the pilot, which is part of this, is like this big, beautiful emotional scene. It's possible that it actually got cut. So that's just no. part of it. But we move into this big emotional scene where the boys are leaving. And I do it once, she goes, great. Okay, so I can only imagine how angry she would be at them for leaving her. And I was like, oh, interesting note. I go and do it again. She goes, she's never mean to her children. And I was like, angry, not mean. (laughs) Like, okay, okay. Yeah, I I do it one more time. And I knew that I didn't quite get it. And so I, we cut and I said, that wasn't it, was it? She's like, yeah, no, it wasn't quite it. And it was for me holding that space of like, we're collaborating and like, I know that what I just did wasn't it. Mm -hmm. And she gave me another note, but inside I sort of was like, Okay, there's more work for me to do to really understand the fullness of this. And I'm, yeah. I can't go be like, let me have 20 minutes to do their backstory or, backstory or whatever. I said to myself in that moment, I was like, I'm probably not going to get her note. But mm-hmm. what I can do is look at my reader and care. Mm. And so I heard the note and I'm like, yes, yes. But whatever it was, I was like, I'm not going to do this right. I just need to see what happens, charge it. And that was um, a re- uh, Risa, um, Brandon Garcia was like, if you're really locked in to your your reader, like that's where the magic can happen, right? So I just mm-hmm. locked in and just was, I don't even know what I was doing. I was just like caring about this person, this actual reader, this actual person in front of me. And when we cut, I see the camera operator go like this. Oh, And I, and I, Nikki Carr goes, great. All right, let's do the next scene. And it was in that moment that I was like, I think I got it right. Like, I think I, I, I allowed myself to make mistakes to not do it perfectly, but to call out like, I'm working on this one. Let's keep working this one. Mm -hmm. And that allowed me to be like, okay, I left it all there, you know? And actually I think there I think she was like okay great that's enough and I was like oh do we want to do the other scene and she was like oh there's another scene sure and so we did the last scene and you know <laughs> they said thanks and um as I was um leaving the set um don't stop believing is like one of my very favorite songs and it was like yeah. blasting it was like oh. blasting and oh. I was like the universe was oh.
2: like, good job in there. And the
1: other little universe thing is, I really believe in calling in audition, like calling in the wins and calling the bookings, like physically pulling them into your spiritual space. As I was driving home on Koanga, I saw the poster for Mulan, and I was, like,
2: oh. oh my goodness.
1: And that night, my agent called, and she was like, "You're pinned," and then the the booking came through. So I mean, really, such a blessing. And one of my friends was like, "Lynn, you booked a pilot." Like, before yeah. you die, like you did it, right? Like, big. Yeah. yeah, big news. So, so So special to have had that sense of collaboration. It's something I really feel like I bring with me. You know, and now with self tapes, we don't have that sense of who's coming back, but believing like, how do I collaborate with myself?
0: How do mm. I collaborate with my
1: We Audition reader? How do I collaborate with my husband who has called in to, my, to, to be my reader? But like really believing in that collaboration piece and holding that on the inside. So I hope that's encouraging.
2: That's yeah. I love that story. I love that you, um, you took your space, you know, you claimed your space. Yep. You said, I am here. I am here to show my craft, to yep. work my craft, and you're going to do it with me. And I'm going to call myself out and you're going to call me out and That's I'll right. call you out. It's fine. That's right.
1: It's right. I don't I think we can get, saying, I'm going to do it. We can get so blinded by the fanciness Yes. Especially, I'm come from Indiana, right? Like, Hollywood is like, sorry, my headphones just <laughs> dropped. Oh, that was we got too of... excited. Yeah, I got too excited, you know. But it really, really is, it's right sizing. We're all mm-hmm. people who love stories, mm-hmm. and we deserve to be here.
2: I love that. Um, again, like I said earlier, I could literally spend hours talking to you, but, um, (laughs) uh, for now, uh, how can people follow you on social media to keep up with all of your awesomeness and talk to you about your coaching if they want to be
1: coached by you? Oh, absolutely. Um, definitely reach out. Um, creating support for myself has been one of the biggest pro moves I've ever done. And so I'm open to talking to anyone. Um, so Lynn Downey, uh, Braswell is my Instagram. So Lynn Downey, Braswell. So usually if you find Lynn Downey, Braswell will come up,
0: up. Um, and then
1: work.of.art.coaching on Instagram, or you can email me at theworkofartcoaching at gmail.com.
2: Amazing. I hope that many people email you because you are a wealth of knowledge and <laughs> um, so inspirational. It's been so fun sharing the space with you. So thank you so much for coming on.
1: Jillian, it's so inspiring what you're doing in the way that you're investing in your community and just helping people up level. It says so much about you, um, that your commitment to this and, and just your openness. So I'm I'm so grateful to be here and I'm wishing you all of your heart's desires. Thanks again to Lynn for
2: coming on the show and spending some time with me. I hope you all feel inspired and excited and great about your careers after listening to this. I know that it was a very meaningful conversation for Lynn and I, and we, um, we super connected, and I hope that you all feel fantastic. Make sure to check out Daisy Jones and the Six on Amazon Prime right now. And as always, thanks for coming in.
0: Contained herein are the heresies of Radolf Burntwine, erstwhile monk-turned-traveling medical investigator.